You know, there's Jehovah Rapha. Who is that? Our healer. There's a lot of Jehovah's. Did you know there's Jehovah Sneaky too? And that's when you think you know one thing. And then he sneaks around and he does something else. So, sorry. Okay. I have had an amazing time already just getting to know you guys. It has been amazing just uh, during the free time getting to know you and praying for some of you and hearing your stories and just connecting hearts. That's what it's about, right? Um, I got to meet Lynn from Taiwan, who just has so blessed me, and that she's been in this country for two months, and you guys have taken her in. She doesn't know I'm talking about her right now, but um, you guys have taken her in as a sister, and uh, her, her heart's being transformed right now, and it's beautiful to see that. Um, ben, getting to hear your story about, you know, really reaching the music realm, um, with your gift, that's just beautiful. And I know God's going to do great things. Then I met Mia, who graduates soon and goes to Hawaii, wants to go back to Hawaii. And we have a Chi Alpha we want to start in Hawaii. So I think she's a part of that picture, right? <laughs> I didn't come here to recruit, but I'm taking some things with me to California, to the West Coast, including this. <laughs> taking this to California. We, we do this, but, but this is... Okay, I'm going to have to work on that one. So, you guys have known some of my story. I found, some, I found out something so fantastic about myself. You ever find out something so fantastic you never knew about yourself? I went to visit the motherland, which is a little island called Terceda, Cal Terceda Azores, which is the island I was born on. I went with my husband, and we... We went to the church my parents got married in. We you know, visited all, all these places. And then I, I asked my aunt to take me to the hospital where I was born. So this is the hospital where I was born. Okay, anybody who knows Latin, can you read what that says? What? I was on the island of Terceda. How crazy is that? Yes, there's also a Holy Spirit bank and a Holy Spirit restaurant, and a Holy Spirit grocery store. But I was born in uh, the Holy Spirit hospital, and I just thought that was so exciting to know. So in case you're wondering if I have any credentials, I was really born into this. So I'm very qualified to teach on the Holy Spirit. And okay, that's a joke. But, um, but anyways, I thought that was really neat, because that's a true story. And if, if you know... Um, a lot of Europeans are very Catholic, and so um, they really named their buildings after the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and I don't know if there's God the Father, but anyways. So um, tonight we're going to dig into a story in Acts, and if you haven't read the book of Acts, I'd encourage you just to read the book of Acts. This is the birth. We talked about how, how and this, I stuck my foot in my mouth, but God rejoices over the beginnings of things, and in this moment, God rejoiced over the beginnings of the church. Jesus ascended into heaven. He promised the Holy Spirit. 
People were baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with power, which we're going to talk about after this session for session two tonight. And uh, there came a point where they began to get persecuted and they scattered. And so they had gathered for a season and they're now scattering from town to town, preaching the gospel. Now, preaching to them wasn't just standing on a hillside and saying words. Preaching to them was equally proclamation and demonstration. In the apostles' minds, in those that followed Jesus, who had him as a rabbi, who learned to him to be the Messiah, not only did they proclaim, they demonstrated in their preaching of the gospel. Because what the Holy Spirit does in you, he wants to do through you. Okay, what he does in you, he wants to do through you. And what he did in the lives of the disciples didn't just stay in their lives. They freely gave what they received. So Philip, this evangelist, began sharing. Not evangelist. This is a normal Christian. Sometimes we look like to put labels on people. Can I just get on a soapbox? We put labels on people so we're like, they're the evangelist. That's their gift. That's not my gift. Therefore, I don't evangelize. Okay? That's a label we put on people in order to give us an excuse to not follow the word. Okay? Can I be real? I feel like I've been with you all day. Okay. So he was a normal Christian, and this was normal Christianity, that they would go and they would proclaim. They would heal the sick. Philip began sharing the gospel in a town called Samaria, and a great awakening took place in this town. Signs and wonders were done, and we're going to read about that tonight, through Philip. So much so that there was a sorcerer in town. He, he was like known as like the great, you know, um, like mag magician who knew all things in, in the town. He was a sorcerer. And uh, he began to follow Philip, and he was even baptized because he believed. And he made a mistake of believing that he could purchase the anointing on Philip. We can't purchase the anointing. We can only receive an anointing by drawing near to the anointed one. And so he had to learn this lesson. Word got to the apostles about all those salvations and baptisms and new converts that were taking place in Samaria that they organized and sent Peter and John into this town with a purpose of uh, to pray with all these new believers to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see that in Acts 7. So this is the scene I wanted to set up. It's not what we're diving into. Are we at a high elevation? <sighs> compared to where I'm from okay I've been like out of breath and I'm just like <sighs> okay worse than Colorado okay so I, I'm kind of setting up the stage because now you see all these followers of Jesus have scattered into different parts of this region and they're all doing what Jesus taught them to do and they're all anointed because they have been with the anointed one and they're carrying his anointing into the different places that they go. Ethiopian. He had traveled 500 miles to visit Jerusalem to worship the God of the Jews, and he was traveling home. We're going to pick up on Acts 26, 40. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, who said to him? Go south down to the desert road and run that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he, what did he do? Did he think about it? Did he pray about it? 
No, he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candic, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet of Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, who said to Philip? Hmm. Isn't that interesting? An angel of the Lord. He was able to discern the angel of the Lord's voice. And the Holy Spirit. Oh, so the Holy Spirit said to him, go over and walk along besides the carriage. So these are pretty interesting instructions, right? They're pretty specific. So Philip ran over and he heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. It sounds like a divine setup, huh? The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me what was the prophet talking Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down to the water. And Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north of town, the Zotas. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came. So I was dating my husband, Jeremy, and we were getting pretty serious in our relationship. I had finally gave in to his pursuing gestures, and um, I won't talk about him anymore because you guys were all... mm, Mm. So prior, so we were dating, and he had wanted to go to a conference, and I wasn't sure if I could get off work, and then somehow I, got, I ended up off work, and he goes, I want to go to this conference, I want to listen to this man speak, and my good friend from Sacramento, um, Tony, she, her name's Tony, she's going to be there, and I want her to pray over us. I said, yeah, sure, and he would always talk about this Tony, how much he she, he admired her, and I mean, she's like a mom of, a, of a, a girl his age, and he had gotten to know her somehow, but he just, she was this powerful intercessor. He just wanted me to meet her, and I was like, okay. So we go to this conference, and after this, it was a great session, we sit down, I meet Tony, and he asked Tony if she could pray for us. We're sitting at the very front of this conference center, and I sit down, and the one sits on each side. So... I learned this about Jeremy. When we'd pray to like for food on dates, he would just take a moment, just be like, and I'd be like, it's it's food. We say thank you, Jesus, for the food, amen. And he just like, yes, Lord. <laughs> and it irked the little religious girl inside of me that grew up in church and I know how to pray for food. So I go and I sit down. I know. Can you believe it? Jeez. So I go and I sit down 
and Tony and Jeremy take a moment and, and they're just like waiting. I'm like, are we going to pray or not? You know, so I know how to pray. So I just start out, God, thank you for this day. I'm so thankful for you and everything we've learned today. I'm just praying. And in the middle of my prayer, Tony goes, shh, 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 stop. <laughs> and I was just like, who is this woman? And why does my fiance, we were engaged, admire her so much? She's not very kind. <laughs> And she says this, you need to learn to wait on the Lord. You haven't learned that yet. And I was like, you don't know who I am. I've been a Christian since I was five years old. I know how to pray and wait on God. So then she prays for me, and I'm like, nothing is going through, right? I'm completely offended. We get in the car, and we're driving home to Sac from Sacramento to Turlock. It's two hours, and it's silent in the car the whole ride home. I'd been offended. I was like, why is he admire this woman? She's totally rude to me. And as I'm sitting there in silence, the guide, the Holy Spirit says, you know, she's right. She's right. And it took an offense to wake up my heart. It took an offense to, to put a wall up, but then all of a sudden, wait a minute. Maybe there's some truth to this. Not that we go around offending people. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord knew what, he, what needed to happen in order to, to have me gain this new understanding. Prior to this day, I consulted Christ about my life every day. I included him in all the big decisions I made. I didn't waste his time with what clothes to wear or whatnot, right? That was my mentality. He was God for the big decisions in life. But the everyday choices, he's given me enough wisdom to make on my own. But I never learned to wait on him and to daily be led by him until this encounter. I think, or was I going to continue in my justified religious stance that I knew how to pray and I knew how to connect with God. I learned that waiting on the Holy Spirit is not like waiting at a doctor's office or when you're, when you're in line at the dining commons waiting for food. It's an active waiting. And I will be engaged and I will be but I'll be asked to respond according to what he's saying. It was one of those moments that I had a little wake up. Waiting wasn't just like, okay, hit me upside the head whenever you're ready for me to do something for you. It was an active waiting. Like a hunter waits for his prey. Anybody hunt? I don't. Okay, I figured Colorado, I'd get a lot of hands up. Okay. From what I understand, People who kill animals. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dad just offended somebody. Maybe God has something for you with that. No. <laughs> I totally, I eat meat. I do eat meat. So from what I understand, a hunter who, who's hunting, there's a lot of waiting involved. But you're not just waiting like this. 
you know, just waiting. There's an active waiting. You're ready for when that animal comes past the crosshairs, you can respond. This is how we wait on the Holy Spirit. We actively wait on him. Philip was well acquainted with this kind of waiting. He was comfortable with it. He knew to take that step at every direction. He, in fact, he was so acquainted with his voice that he knew the difference between the angel of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. That's mind-blowing to me. Okay. It mattered to the eunuch that Philip was a man that waited on the Holy Spirit. He had trust that if the Holy Spirit is leading him somewhere, that he has already prepared the person's heart to receive. Can I tell you, that eliminates fear. That, elim that blows fear out of the water. When I know if the Lord is giving me instruction, if the Holy Spirit is instructing me to step out of my comfort zone and follow his leading, that he's already behind the scenes working on that person to receive. It's been rare that I've been denied prayer. A lot of people, when I say, hey, can I pray with you? They think, yeah, when you go to bed and say your prayers at night. And I'm like, no, right now. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, but nobody's, I won't say nobody, but it is rare. Just as it's rare to find Portuguese people in the, in the room. It is rare to find people that will outright deny you praying for them, you releasing a word of encouragement, word of wisdom, word of knowledge to them. It is rare. You could assume, assume that if the Holy Spirit is leading you to someone, that he's been behind the scenes working on them. Someone else's breakthrough, like the eunuchs, is tied to your obedience. What would have happened if Philip ignored the instruction of the Holy Spirit? Your obedience, what he calls you to do on a daily basis, is linked to somebody else's breakthrough. Forgive us, Lord, for not being obedient when you've called us to. Can we take a smile break? I feel like the teacher that whispers so the kids can pay attention in class. <laughs> it's just my voice is 617, and I'm going to speed this up so we can wrap it up for today. It says this, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Join ourselves with the Lord. He's not separate from us. The Holy Spirit's not separate from us. Jesus, when the Sadducees and the Pharisees were trying to trick him, as they often did, but he wouldn't respond. One thing he did say in John 10, 26 through 27, but you do not believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus is still communicating to his sheep through his spirit. Do we know him? I was in Morocco in the mountains of Azru. Sounds so fancy. And there's wild monkeys everywhere, which was like, whoa, you know. Yeah, it's just fantastic. And while we were up on this mountain, we could see down below on a valley or a meadow. And it was like mid-afternoon, and these shepherds had brought 
all their flocks of sheep. So there was three shepherds. And they come together for lunch. And so they bring their sheep. And the sheep all mix together. And we're just observing this. And it kind of brings to life this scripture. So we're eating lunch. They're eating lunch. They're talking. But at one moment when lunch was over, they stand up. They each individually made a different sound. And as they parted ways, the sheep that belonged to this shepherd followed the shepherd. The sheep that belonged to that shepherd followed that shepherd. And the same with the last. And it brought this scripture to life for me. We know his voice because we follow him. We know his voice because we follow him. See, the word, the roadmap, is the tuning fork. So if you're hearing things that don't line up with this, then you're maybe not hearing from the Lord. And that's, I mean, we have thoughts that are our own. We have thoughts that are from the enemy. But we know his thoughts. We know his voice based on the roadmap. The more we devour this, the more it spills out of our mouth. And that's what we were designed. That's what we were designed for. I've learned to hear his voice, and it's taken time. I've had to stir it up. I've had to step out and be wrong. I've had to look foolish at times. I don't ever go to a person and say, God told me this, and that's what it is. I say, hey, I'm practicing hearing the voice of God. God kind of highlighted you to me. Is it okay if I share with you? And usually that person's like, yeah. Who would not be curious what they had to say? One person? Yeah. Who, oh, who would be curious? <laughs> so, yeah. So, hey, can I share with you? Yeah, sure. Hey, I was sensing, and I'll just share. You know, and normally it's attached to a scripture that God's highlighted. And I'll say, does that make sense to you? I give the person an out so they don't feel trapped by that. I give them an out. It's disarming. It's not mystical. It's like, hey, I'm practicing this for you. Does that make sense? And most often it does. Other times they're like, mm, I don't know. And just like I teach my own kids, if you get a word, somebody shares something with you, it doesn't make sense. Just put it on the shelf. You all have a shelf or the back burner. So you put it on the shelf and you say, Jesus, you see this word. If you ever want to give it back to me, give it back to me and remind me of this moment. If it's not, then it's not. No sweat off my back. The Lord's not freaking out like, oh, no, they gave the wrong word. You know? He's like, oh, it's so cute. They tried, you know? <laughs> and we grow. And we grow. And it's okay. Let's take the pressure off. In Chi Alpha, this is a safe place to practice. Okay? When you are teaching your kid to ride a bike, you don't take them out on the concrete slab and say, go for it, kid. You put the kid on the grass. If you're a good parent, how many of you had good parents? Put them on the grass. How many of you had parents that put you on a slab? Okay. <laughs> so if you're, a good, if you're a good parent, you put them on the grass. <laughs> so, so it's a safe, safe place, safe place to practice. Same when we're, op we're learning to operate in the gifts. 
We have to have a place that we can stir it up. And I could trust that if I share something way off with you, that you're like, thanks, Deborah, I appreciate that. I'll pray about that, you know? <laughs> or, hey, it doesn't make sense to me now, but I'm going to put that on a shelf. Maybe one day it will. And you'll be surprised how many things the Lord pulls off the shelf. You'll be in a time of prayer, and he's like, remember that person that came up to you, and you didn't know them, and they said this, and you're like, oh, oh. it's like boom, boom, boom. Wow. It's all coming together. When I actively wait on the Lord, I pay attention to my thought. Oftentimes, it's a spontaneous burst of God-quality thoughts that interrupt my current train of thought. If I had to, like, boil down, because a lot of times I want to give language to what it is. I don't know. How do you hear the voice of God? You just do. And I had to take a moment, step back, and be like, what is it for me? And for so many, it's been this. And I'll say it again, because you might want to write it down and remember this. It's a spontaneous burst of God-quality thoughts that interrupt my current train of thought. So I was going, laying down to go to bed, wasn't even thinking about this conference, and I heard Lorraine, Lauren, and I wrote that down in my notebook. So another part, another tip of actively waiting is to carry a journal with you or your phone, a note, where if something stands out in the scripture, what he's doing in you, he wants to do through you. So I'm not devouring the word only for everyone else. I'm going to the word to feed myself, knowing that at any moment, he may call me to help and feed someone else. You feed a sheep. So if a scripture stands out to me, I'll write it down in my notebook, and throughout the day, I'll be, you know, on campus or something, and all of a sudden, I'll see somebody, and the Holy Spirit will be like, that that scripture that so came alive to you this morning, it's for her, or it's for him, and I go deliver it. Just like Philip This is normal Christianity. It may not be the Christianity we're used to, but it's normal. It's the beginnings of what happened in the church. We're going to end. If throughout your day or week someone keeps coming to your heart and mind, it's usually an indicator that you should pray for them, that you should take a moment in the waiting and say, God, Do you have anything specific you want to say to this person? Write it down and text them. Can we be a channel that God uses to encourage the body of Christ? Can we practice this so that others can can profit from it? So that not profit financially. (laughs) That's what the sorcerer wanted to do, really, you know. They wanted, wanted to, how do we profit, how do others profit in their faith, when we and our acts of obedience are led by the Spirit. So if I can have a Jake come up for a moment. We're going to take a moment and we're going to do some waiting, active waiting. I want you to pull out your phone. It's okay. You can do it. Pull out a piece of paper if you need to. It was at a conference just like this that my husband, for the very first time, had a, received a word from somebody else. That same person who, for the very first time, gave him a word, how did it go? Uh, it was his first time giving a word. So it was the very first time Jeremy, as a 17 or 18-year-old man, 
received a word. And it was the first time that this boy, and he was from Colorado, who's now a chiropractor in Colorado. Yeah, that is crazy. So he's the first, it's the first time he's delivered word, first time. And the word for Jeremy, to this day, he remembers it. He says, I'm going to use you to deliver the heart of God to the nations. That was it. And that stuck with him. It stuck with him to where he looked him up. And that's how we found out because we used to have our salts all. Colorado used to come over to the West Coast and do salts, you know, eons ago. But anyways, that's how impactful it is. His obedience was a breakthrough for Jeremy. That was, the, that was the moment Jeremy was open to being used by God to go to another part of the world. So once you take your phone, take your notes. We're going to do some waiting. It, there's no striving in this, guys. Don't, like, hold it to your thoughts right now. You know, when God created your mind, he said it was good. Because he called everything he created good. And so maybe the enemies had... It, enemy knows how to use your mind you ever like in your imagination act like see yourself doing some terrible things you're like whoa where'd that come from it's the enemy giving you vision for something and usually something terrible I've had many inspired visions to punch somebody in the face or jump out of a car while it was moving you know just We've had many times where the enemy has used our mind to speak and to give us vision. Can we just take a moment right now and say, Holy Spirit. And you may not know who the person is that he's going to give you a word for. And I challenge you to, to maybe maybe even not know who it is. It's better right now. Just you don't know who it is. But start your sentence like this. God wants you to know. That's it. God wants you to know. Start right there. The Bible says that God's thoughts towards every person are like the grains, the numbers of sand on the earth. He's always thinking about you and everybody else in this room. So what's he saying right now? This is stretching for some of you who are very logical. <laughs> this is uncomfortable. It's okay. That's why he gave us the comforter. <laughs> it's true. We don't have the comforter just for when we're sad. We have the comforter for when we're challenged to do something we've never done before. And this is safe because we're among brothers and sisters. He's going to give you these same things to speak to someone who's very far from him. You're going to learn to be okay with that. So right now, it could be one sentence, it could be two, it could be a scripture that pops to your mind, it could be a scripture you read, something you've been memorizing. He'll use everything, right? So let's just wait. You'll begin to write. He wants to encourage somebody in the room. He want to say. Oftentimes, is what he's doing in you. He wants to do through you, so that can give you a clue, maybe, what he wants to say and do to someone else. 
sometimes what trips me up is I think it needs to be super profound. But don't limit God. What may be profound to you is not what another person needs to hear. gave ourselves like four minutes to do this exercise but you can do this tonight but I want to challenge everyone in the room you have that word now and throughout the evening or maybe you don't have one right now but you'll get one okay I want you to practice this this is how we stir up spiritual gifts so you have this word and you're just going to begin asking the Holy Spirit your guide Who's this for? Who's this for? And someone's going to stand out to you like crazy. Not just because they're attractive even. Just They're just going to stand out to you, okay? <laughs> and be real. And, and you're going to know this word is for that person. And I want you to go up to them and say, hey, we did the exercise. I feel like God highlighted you. Can I share that with you? Just watch what God's done. Watch what God does. And when you do, be faithful to pray that word over that person. If you're like, does this make sense? And they're like, yeah, it really does. They're like, hey, let me pray. Don't end without praying. Because you, it's the Holy Spirit, right? His presence. I'll say it this way. If I argue somebody on campus into the kingdom of heaven, somebody else will argue that person out of the kingdom. But if they come into the kingdom because of his presence and his voice, all I have to do, all we have to do as a Chi Alpha group is host his presence and they'll stay, right? That's all we have to do. The net you catch them with is the net you keep them with. And this helps when we want to like just do all these crazy attractional things. It's like, ugh, we're just going to have to be really good at throwing parties all the time for people to stay. Not that throwing parties is bad. We like to throw our parties. But if it's the presence of God that brings them into the kingdom of heaven, then it's the presence of God that we all have to, have to focus on to keep them there. So, Jesus, we are so thankful. So thankful for what you're doing. I mean, guys, I could feel the stirring. It's like you know, grandma's making cookies, you know, in the kitchen, and there is a stirring taking place in our spirits, because we want more of you, and, and what we do with this, Father God, will transform our campus, what we do with this will transform our families when we go home um, for holidays, it will transform if we, if we continually hold your word, if we continually devour your word and allow uh, you to speak through us, God, there's so much, there's no limit to what you can do. May you help us with active waiting. Ask the Holy Spirit that. Will you help me with active waiting? And as, and as you practice, watch what he does. So by the next session, tomorrow morning, not the one right after,
after this, by the next session, would you please have delivered that word to somebody? And if you didn't get something, maybe you just needed your Bible, you didn't have it, you could just go find your Bible, write it down. Again, doesn't need to be profound. When Peter walked on water, Jesus said one word, come. Did he walk on the water or did he walk on the word? Both. Yes. But it was one word in his spirit that gave him the courage and the boldness to step out. That's all, that's all, that's all he needs to use if you're willing, willing to be used by him. So I've gone over time. Thankful for you guys. I love you guys. This has been so good. Yeah. Thank you.